the greatest joy is to enjoy the lord and to enjoy him while we're still alive and so that's why we're here you and i are listening to each other or rather you listening to me we're breaking bread we're about to read the bible together study the word of god to hear him hear his word speak to us the inspiration of the holy spirit speaking through his word into our lives to transform us to change us I think that's the greatest joy what we look forward to what we look forward to most in our last segment we talked about times of uncertainty and so we look towards the greatest hope jesus christ our only hope hope of glory that is why the apostle paul said for me to live is christ and to die is gain this is the greatest joy dear friend you and i can have well one of the things we learn from scripture and especially about the kings of israel and kings of judah is that there were fluctuations of kings when one king was good his son was bad or when he was bad his son was good i want us today to look at the king or biblical figure um hezekiah if you turn with me please to second chronicles chapter 32 from verse 1 perhaps up to reverse uh verse verse 8 yeah if we look at king hezekiah most of us remember him um through his prayer king hezekiah prayed a prayer after he was told that his days were numbered yeah he he was going to die he was soon going to die and he must put his affairs in order this was when the prophet isaiah son of amos as the word says came to him and said to him thus says jehovah the lord put your house in order that's what isaiah says um that's what the lord says through isaiah for you are about to die and will not live now <clears throat> at this point we're so familiar with his prayer hezekiah's prayer to god lamenting pleading with god you know saying supplications to god about the ways in which he lived he says things like i walked in truth with a perfect heart and have done what is good in your sight the word says and hezekiah wept many days this was a man who indeed walked upright before god prayed before god for god to 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 increase his days he didn't want to die basically now let's let's turn to something that happened prior to that and that second chronicles chapter 32 verse 1 up to verse 8 we learn here about when 
um, Judah was about to be invaded by King uh, Sennacherib of the Syrians. This had happened before, but it happened to Israel. This particular figure, King Sennacherib, had invaded Israel and taken captive children of Israel um, up to his camp. <clears throat> and he wanted to perform a similar a similar a similar thing to Judah. Judah was under the authority under the auspices of King Hezekiah at this point. King Hezekiah, now king of Judah, had seen this. Let's let's read the word. And after these things and this faithfulness, Sennacherib the king of Assyria came and entered Judah. And he encamped against the fortified cities and intended to break into them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that his face was set against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his officers and mighty men to stop the water of the fountains that were outside the city, and they helped him. And many people gathered together and stopped all the fountains and the brook that flowed through the land, saying, Why should the king of Assyria come and find abundance of water? And he took courage and built up all the wall that was broken down and erected towers on it and built another wall outside and he strengthened the millen in the city of David and made weapons and shields in abundance. And he set battle against captains battle captains over the people and gathered them to himself in the square of the gate of the city and he encouraged them saying be strong and be bold do not be afraid or dismayed because of the king of Assyria or because of all the multitude that is with him for there is someone greater with us than with him with him verse 8 with him is an arm of flesh but with us is Jehovah our God to help us to fight our battles. And the people relied on the words of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. So that's basically, that's the word of God from Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 1 up to verse 8. <clears throat> now, as I said, King Hezekiah is facing a predicament here. The king of Sericherib, um is is going to enter, or rather is going to invade uh, Judah. He seeks to invade Judah the same way that he invaded Israel. You will remember at this point um, that there were two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And these were once, you know, one kingdom under David and Solomon. But now after Solomon's death, there were two kingdoms, uh, divided according to the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Judah here is under the authority of Hezekiah, as I said. Amen. He's facing a predicament of invasion. Initially, or at the center of it, this king, the king of Sericherib, wants to take charge, invade Jerusalem, the city of David. And so, 
What's interesting here is the response that Hezekiah um, initiates. The response that he initiates, first of all, is a strategic one. What does he do? The first thing he does is that he cuts off the water supply in order to distress and to make them vulnerable, make who vulnerable, make uh, the army of Sennacherib, or rather the army of Assyria, vulnerable. I beg your pardon, I might have said that it's the king of Sennacherib, it's the king of Assyria, who is whose name is Sennacherib. Now, at this point, King Hezekiah cuts off the water supply. Cutting the water supply will frustrate them, will lead them off. It will distress them. It will discourage them. It will discourage this army that wants to invade the city of David. The second thing it does is that he erects, if you read verse, um, is it verse, verse 5, and he took courage and built up the wall and was broken down and erected towers and built another wall outside. So he, he, he did a further strategy. You know, he was a very, very strategic man. Strategically cut off the water supply, built war, walls around the city, erected more walls outside the city. And the final strategy was that he wanted to get into the hearts and minds of the children of Israel, of Judah. I beg your pardon, of Judah. What does he do? He strengthens them. And I, I want us to, 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 to look into that. How he strengthens them. What he says. He says, someone is with us. Let's look into that. At this point, the people of Judah, the children of God, are facing a predicament with their king, um, or along with their king, King Hezekiah, as they are about to be invaded by King uh, Sennacherib of Assyria. They're facing an invasion. They're facing troubling times. They're facing a threat against their own city, the city of David, Jerusalem. A city, uh, they're facing a, a threat against their own lives. And how the king responds as a leader, as a person who's after the heart of God, as a person who is who worshipped God, who loved to worship God, because we learn from Scripture that when King Hezekiah took the throne at the age of twenty-five, he restored some of the ordinances of God that were destroyed. He rebuilt, or rather, restored the the walls and the the, the doors of the temple. He opened the doors of the temple. He restored the ordinance of the priesthood. The, he encouraged the Levites. There's a passage of scripture where he, 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 he narrates, he talks, he encourages the Levites, the priests. Therefore, restoring the, the, the priesthood, he also restored the Passover. There were things that he did. You know, He was not lying when he said that I have walked upright before you. And God, God observed that. God weighed his heart. God saw his heart. This is the type of king that we, we're dealing with here. Now he has a predicament of having to 
encourages people. He's done all the strategic work. He's done all the strategic, um, you know, army work, the physical stuff that a king would do, the intelligent stuff that a, an authority would, would, would do, would execute. Now he has to go to the heart of the people. I can imagine that they were probably scared, they were probably facing a time of a troubling time. This is because, first of all, that they were facing a multitude. The army of Sennacherib of Assyria was much more bigger than the army of the people of Judah. Inevitably, therefore, the children of Judah, the people of Judah, the people under the authority of Hezekiah, the king, were scared. Here's a multitude outside the wall who can come in at any time and they can kill us. And can the siege, or rather take us captive, rather, as, as they've taken captive of Israel. Now, what's happening here is that he has to now encourage them. He takes charge. I can imagine that this was probably a man, not probably, certainly a man of God. Verse 7, be strong and be bold, he says. Do not be afraid or dismayed because of the king of Assyria or because of the, all the multitude that is with him. Now listen to what he says. There is someone greater with us than with him. There is someone greater. The someone is in capital letters if you read your Bible. Verse 8. Verse 7 rather. Someone greater. The someone is much more greater than the multitude that we're facing outside. The someone is with us. And the someone can do the work for us. He says that the someone will fight the battle for us. We don't have to fight the battle. Yes, indeed. We're facing a, a troubling time. We're facing a multitude that's outside. It's eminent. It's inevitable. It can happen at any time. But there is someone greater. There is someone greater with us. And this person, this someone, rather, is with us. He says, with, with him is an arm of flesh. He's referring to Sennacherib of Assyria. Is an arm of flesh. But with us is Jehovah our God to help us and to fight our battles. My goodness. An arm of flesh can never be compared to Jehovah our God, the someone who is with us. We're being encouraged. We're being strengthened. That the someone is much more greater than what we face. There is certainty in the someone. You know, we worry about tomorrow. We worry about what's next. But there is someone greater. The someone is with us. The someone will fight the battles for us. Therefore, we don't need to be worried. We don't need to be scared. Strengthening them. And the result of that is that 
the children of Judah, the people of Judah, they relied on the words of Hezekiah, the king. Bless the Lord. They relied on his, on his word. His, his encouragement was good enough for them. Ours is to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and never to lean on our own understanding. And with all our hearts to acknowledge him. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord essentially means to open up to him, to be vulnerable to him. To be vulnerable in, in order to show him our fears. Revealing our fears to him. That this is my fear. This is what I'm facing. It might be imminent. It might come now. It is, it is here. It, it is here to destroy me. But greater is he who is with us. The someone who is with us. He is here to stay. If only we trust in him. So the Lord, the Lord God Jehovah through, through the work of his son Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has done a marvelous work for us to receive eternal life. And receiving this eternal life has made us to be his sons. We are a priesthood. We are a kingdom of priests. We are a kingdom of overcomers. And in order for us to overcome, we need to trust the Lord through the process. Someone is here with us. Someone is there with you. There is no need for you to face anything alone. There is no need for you to go through whatever you're going through alone. Someone is there with you and all he needs is for you to open your mouth and be vulnerable to him, to expose yourself to him and he will take charge. Taking charge means that he will fight the battles with you. But he will do the work. He will fight the work. He will fight every single problem that seems imminent, that seems real, that seems there. Oh, what a joy it is to trust in the Lord, to know him, to feed on him, to live by him, to live with him, to live him. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is no longer I who live. It's no longer us. But it is Christ. Christ lives in us. The person of Jesus Christ in us. Becoming a true reality. And when he becomes a reality to us, he fights. He's there. He's ever-present. A present help. He's there. He will respond. Father, we thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus, bless it. Bless those who listen to it. And bless those who seek you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you that we can trust you as the someone who will fight for us, who will fight our battles. We thank you, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen.